going on down there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final WTF at TFW. That's about the official Transformers trading card game. Wouldn't it be super screwed up, Aaron, if if this was the final episode of the podcast ever? Just this weird one-off little thing about our, our card game? Well, that's, I mean, that's what you sold it on me, like, 20 minutes ago. Is that Yeah, is that I, I just doing? really wanted you to come in here, because I knew you were busy, oh. you have a new computer you're building, etc. Yeah. Aaron? Yeah. Yes. Aaron? Yes. They killed our f***ing game, Aaron! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, I should mention, we are recording on September 28, uh, 2020. The, the game's death was announced, or the game's official death was announced in, like, like what was it, July 10? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit that we've been watching the corpse slowly fester and yeah. bloat. So, so this is a, a special WTF at TCG, which I have entitled Finale Premiere, because it's, it's the finale of Chapter 1 and the premiere of Chapter 2 uh, in multiple ways. But we're going to open up by talking about our freaking... So, Aaron, neither of us have gotten to play Wave 5 yet. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and we could play on Octagon. We could play on Webcam. I mm-hmm. have not made the time to play on Octagon, and I have not made the space to play on webcam, and I've always mentioned, and I'll keep mentioning, uh, folks like, very specifically, Cameron for Ar- Arbitrary Hero, has very patiently, multiple times gotten me set up to play on Octagon, so I have no excuse. That's another thing I just have to set up on this computer. Yeah, Aaron also just just had to reinstall Windows, so Aaron has a great excuse. Okay, that's more than just reinstall Windows, but yeah, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 finally announced what their required specs were, and everything I had was like a step or two behind the like minimum requirements, which I figured was going to happen. So it was like, hey, let me throw like a grand and a half at... I kept the case and the power supply, hey. and, and the the... CPU fan, except for it now runs a lot harder, so I have a new giant behemoth of a CPU fan coming tomorrow. My, I'm so shocked you got a new computer just to play Octagon and Cyberpunk that I remembered to turn my air conditioner off. Yeah. And I took a big gulp of water because I figured you'd have more for, to say about that. For fun. Uh, no, I, I was I was looking for <laughs> I was looking for an Amazon link to show you the Mondo cooler that I'm getting. Well, l- l- before you start showing me all the friggin' cool tech you're getting to play Transformers TCG on Octagon, uh, what what all went down for those of you who just listened to these because they're on either my YouTube page or the w- WTF feed. Uh, the game had Wave 5 come out. We did spoilers with Wave 5. Wave 5 mm-hmm. was out for, like, what, like a month, maybe? Yeah. A couple months. And, and people, you know, were primarily playing on webcam, folks who were way into the game. Uh, and then the announcement came out that that was the final wave. There was a little goodbye message that was not from anybody specific. It had a quote from Drew Nolosko at the bottom, but it was a goodbye message written not by him, just quoting him. Uh, 
And that was it. Uh, they also have now taken down, they, they gave a warning, but they've taken down the Energon edition uh, from their store, which leads to question what's going to happen with all those. And a lot of folks who still have not gotten the foil versions of the expensive battle cards that were supposed to be a separate thank you gift that went with that uh, have started getting worried and have been sending apparently emails. And some people have also apparently started getting them, the, the all-out attacks and, and tandem targeting systems. Uh, so, so the game kind of went out with a bit of a fart because... By all accounts from people who were playing a lot of the game, Wave 5 was also a touch broken in some places and left the game in a somewhat unbalanced state where the Decepticons were suddenly extremely powerful, which I don't mind because they've been on the back step for like two waves. Uh, so, you know, that's their final revenge. They got more powerful and they got so powerful they killed the game. Uh, and you know what? One of them was Sky Shadow, a phase sixer. So it's all it's all in character. It's all canon. Um but my understanding is Sky Shadow and Horrible uh, are extremely difficult to deal with when they are in a deck built to just, like, pang you with direct damage. Uh, and apparently Blue Pips are completely worthless uh, in a high-level metagame right now, if you're only playing with, with up to Wave 5. So, a little bit rickety. Um, and uh, it was cited that, that uh, the reasons why the game is going away is that it did well, but didn't quite do well enough. And between that and the, the COVID-19 pandemic that is strangling a lot of in-person interactivity uh, across the world, uh, the Transformers TCG was something that, that fell off the, ch- fell off the chopping. It didn't even get chopped. It just fell off the chopping block. Yeah. Um, I have some extra theories, but I, before I get into those, Aaron, uh, that was a day, wasn't it? That was, yeah. that was the day right after I streamed opening my first box of wave five Aaron yeah that was that was a day um you know I, I've seen a lot of people um you know I, I'm still on the the Facebook group and everything and I've seen a lot of people like fired up at you know the old Hasbro and Watsy killing everything um all, all of the horrible things that can be said um it's definitely a case uh, I mean anytime that we talk to the to the the folks at Wizards like you know, they they were were into it. It wasn't like it was some other, you know, some side project to them. Oh yeah, yeah. But all, they also, all of all all of them really dug it, and they aren't the ones making a decision like this. Right. Also, is worth mentioning. Yeah. That's all, that's also one of those things that's you know, eight layers up, probably maybe like six layers up from from Drew, who was the brand manager of the damn thing. Yeah. Um. And and especially with, you know, unprecedented times with the global pandemic, you know, um, you know, I it it's gotta be hard, you know, even even on the you know, the the soulless accountant side that's solely beholden to shareholders sitting there looking at like, hey, you know, we've invested X amount of money and time into this thing, but all of the numbers are saying like it may not be safe to be in the presence of other random people for three to five months, even still at this point. Um, oh, it's it's six months at this point, and I mean, I'm not going to swerve the podcast in a right. certain direction, but right. depending where you live, yes, um, it it could be for a foreseeable short term future. Yeah, is what I would so, say. So, so you know, in like June, July, they had to say like. What's the you know what's the over under on 2020 being a year that anything can get done? Okay, well with the schedule you'd be putting out two more releases, and 
you know, they rolled back. They rolled back a lot of Magic the Gathering stuff. Yeah, and that's, if, and that's if there was of... a brand that should be relatively bulletproof, the the long-standing Magic the Gathering brand sitting there going. Ugh! Well, specifically, it was Magic the Gathering's production that got affected. And and here's mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. Here's my first theory. Uh, and it's a theory only because, like, we will never know. Because they, they, as a company, have no reason to ever lay this out. Because there's no profitable motive to do so. Uh, but specifically, in this time frame, Magic the Gathering Jumpstart, which was a huge project or product mm-hmm. for them. It was a, a more entry-level, it was a consumer-friendly entry-level product that didn't involve wading into the nightmare of any established Magic the Gathering format. Uh, and that thing, um, that, that set got affected by COVID-19 on its, as far as production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that in a crunch situation where they, they can't produce a new magic product, that is probably 30 to 45% of the reason why Transformers got killed. It was to make room in a now uh, throttled production line for Jumpstart. Amongst other things, but I think Jumpstart was very specifically a thing that probably affected this, um, just given the timing of its release and how exciting a product it was being presented as on multiple levels yeah. for casual players, for people the, who like Magic, and for collectors with its reprints, etc. The thing is, I'm not even sure I'd I'd put it at the feet of at the foot of any one thing. I mean, oh, that's it, why I'm saying it, like it, thirty it, to forty-five in a weird. Uh, point. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that much. Like I, mean, I, 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 I bet, I bet. No, I'm saying like maybe if it was between the two of them, yeah, Jumpstart's going to come out ahead. But I'm saying in in aviation and defense, places where you think that there would be like solid supply lines for the defense of the country against those commies, um, we've had. Look, we sell <laughs> we sell Sikorsky helicopters to Canada. You're not a commie yet. Also, I'm not, um, not going to cut in again, but also, I just want to say, I'm not saying it was Jumpstart, that's what killed no, the, the game. No, I have other, other things no, also. But <laughs> I'm, but I'm, but like looking at just like, you know, supply chain of, of just getting the aluminum. We've had, we've, I've seen like issues of like, hey, we're not going to be able to make these deliveries because we can't get aircraft aluminum, which is bonkers to me that like that material just isn't out there because it's you know all it takes is one of those little choke points to have three of the six people in their shipping department have to call in sick and you're you're finding all of these interesting places that stuff gets throttled so oh yeah and and another another reason i I say jumpstart is just the timing um it, it happened to be the the thing that was in production and getting throttled aroundabouts when I feel this decision would have been impacted. Uh, and also, Magic the Gathering releases 500 products yeah. every year. Yeah. So I mean, one of on them the getting other, On the other side, all the other people that are artists that we know have done art in previous waves, even before now, even before this said that they hadn't gotten any new stuff. So I don't well, think yeah, it was... This, I don't think another... it was production. I think that decision was probably made like maybe the beginning of May and they just yeah. kept everything going. So it wasn't well, like, eh, Jumpstart, it's canceled. Jumpstart Wait a month. Would have been though, like, like in some kind of production pipeline, but then I think, uh, right. And, and, but, and but, like I said, also uh, let me, I'll change my number 15 to 25% because, because as you said, 
and again, none of us actually know. This is all anecdotal stuff that was shot around, like, Twitter responses or whatnot. Nobody is aware of any art that was made for Wave 6. Right. But also, as far as I know, the turnaround on art for Transformers TCG has at times been extremely tight. Especially going by what someone's been posting on Facebook, on the Facebook group. So I, uh, another theory I have, I don't want to keep fast forwarding through these, but the segues have happened. Uh, I think wave six exists in an artless form in a folder somewhere. Uh, I'm very convinced. Okay. I'm sure that there is at least like a late beta version of wave six and maybe an early alpha version, like concepts and ideas for Wave Seven. I think but, a playable, a printable, playable yeah. Wave Six with no art. I am convinced it exists. It might not be fully play tested, but I am convinced it exists. I'm doing the finger thing. Even I'm pinching my thumb and my for, my forefinger. Like I would say, likely. Yeah, but I would I would not put a guarantee on it. I'm also convinced in part. My confidence is boosted slightly by the fact that we will never know if it exists <laughs> unless uh, they, unless they want to pull a real a real Christmas surprise. That might some be point. something that pops up once. Well, once people have literally retired from the yeah, industry. Yeah, once once pe- <laughs> once people have left Wizards, there might be people that then are out of out from underneath of NDAs, and they can be like, "Well, let me tell you what." N- none of them are that old. So I, <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's anything we're gonna we're gonna be hearing anytime soon. So I'm for now I'm convinced, uh, especially just given some of the tone in the Wave Five spoiler talk, which is another weird timeline because uh, some of some of the things mentioned during Wave Five spoilers, like obviously during the promotion for Wave Five, if the decision had already been made, and again we will never know anytime soon. And I'm saying this a lot also in the hopes that I can like activate Murphy's Law. And get a freaking like Watsy whistleblow uh, mm-hmm. while I'm editing this, but uh, I I don't think I I don't think during Wave Five spoiler season anyone knew the game was canceled. I think that things were on rocky shores, mm-hmm. but but sound bites exist that purport to the existence of Wave Six cards. Yeah. Based on stuff that is in Wave Five. Yeah, my my guess um, is that at that time a spoiler season. It was probably one of those things that was on the bubble, and I would I would weigh heavily on if COVID had actually gone away as rapidly as some people thought it was going to, but nobody with any sort of degrees in science or, or medicine. Um, what did you call me? As, as you're not a Cheeto. Um, that I, I think if it had gone away rather rapidly and people were back in FLGSs and playing this game... Um, that I would bet is would have been a major tipping point, but since that didn't happen, it'd be just throwing bad money after good. And Aaron, you are you are volleyball teeing me my segues here. Like I'm not even getting a chance to breathe. Um, okay, that is another bullet point. That is another thing I'm thinking. So here I'm going to say the thing no one. Well, I was about to say I'm going to say the thing no one likes. Except like now I've spent a month seeing people talk about the death of the game. Pe- people are thinking everything. So whatever. That's also why I'm okay that we spent a while not talking about this. Because uh, like like Aaron mentioned, there were some high emotions. There still are some high mm-hmm. emotions, but not nearly as as high as as that month. Uh, and I was just avoiding the conversations because you know people were pretty sad, and I think that 
empathetically. It is a justifiable anger and sadness they were going through, especially in a year that is very hard to go through. Um, so I don't begrudge anyone any of that. I just also think some of them were a little bit off base. Uh, I think I had an, a, some, a semi-heated conversation in a Discord channel about the nature of video production at some point. <laughs> uh, but I think that in 2020, go, like coming out of the Energon Invitational and going into the previews for Wave 5, Transformers TCG was already on a tight, withered tether, uh, a tightrope, if you will, that relied on the active player community and the existence of in-store play and purchase. People mm-hmm. buying two-packs to play, two-pack booster, etc. Uh, and it's not like any hard trackable numbers. I think it was just the hypothetical existence of the in-store experience causing some stores to order product was keeping the tightrope going. Uh, the moment stores closed up for a foreseeable season or three, uh, I think that that was in fact the ha- the nail in the coffin. I think that the, the production issues magic, the, I think that the coffin, uh, was already there. I think that the first nail was the closure of gaming stores and in-person play. And I think that the other nail was Magic the Gathering hitting paper production issues because, as I understand it, Magic the Gathering accounts for not only the colossal majority of Watsi's actual income, but as a Hasbro-owned entity, it also makes up the reason why Watsi is a blip in the Hasbro pie chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic the Gathering is a colossal moneymaker in the context of what Watsi is within Hasbro. So the moment Magic the Gathering's production pipeline was threatened, I believe every other Watsi paper product immediately got glared at. And guess which one is the lowest priority? It's Transformers TCG. Uh, and I, so I think that that is how collectively the game got killed. Uh, I think that in a perfect world where there was no pandemic, I still think the game was only going to last about maybe seven or eight waves with the final wave being a limited production orderable item. I think the game would have made it to Energon Invitational 2 and that would have become the game's um, victorious swan song uh, because it's already amazing that we made it to Energon Invitational 1. So I, I, I think that And I've talked about this with you and other people. Like, the game was not going to go on in absolute perpetuity, but I think that in a a kinder 2020, the game would have reached a more natural closure with a wave designed to be a final wave of sorts. Yeah, so that's very shortly um, after all of those announcements hit. There was, like, there's a website, and they still have... um, uh, Rise of the Combiners and Siege Two cases for one hundred and seventy nine dollars. That's that wholesale site, right? And yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have Wave One cases. They don't have Siege One cases anymore. But they ha- also do have individual boxes. So I mean, I guess you could go and grab hit the, hit the individual box. And this is also for Americans. This is not like, for anyone else to, yeah. to participate in. Just <laughs> I will say grumpily. Uh, uh, it's not I, stopping me on stock number, so they must not have a direct link to it. But yeah, fifty dollar, fifty five dollar boxes, hundred and eighty dollar cases. Yeah, the, um, I mean, yeah, the, the game a game is shut down, er, and therefore its organized play is shut down. 
stores that are already struggling are going to try to clearance that product out, except for every other country that isn't. Like, no, Europe, Europe also, UK, I think, had a, this. Canada, yeah. the, the, Canada is just friggin' sitting there like a bunch of friggin' MTG finance goons. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I I think I think that like there are conversations that have been had about like what the game could have done to survive. I don't think there is anything the game could have done to survive what 2020 was. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm very certain. Uh, and, and I don't I don't have like professional stuff to back it up. So obviously it's up for debate. I don't have the energy to like really get deep into the stuff. I'm just personally, I don't think there like because you know for instance, Wave Two in the retrospect of five waves. Rise of the Combiners ended up being like the 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 weakest link of the game as far as as desirability as far as how much fun people had in the long run like the game hit its stride with Siege 1 and 2 uh, mm-hmm. easily and so you know the conversation could be like well if wave 2 was better maybe things would be different no i don't think so i, I to, think it to, was... to the person that i saw saying that we should boycott the next toy line in order to get matter. Hasbro to bring it back to bring the the TCG back, nah, dog. The, the chain doesn't exist for it's, that to actually be like on the top level. No one's gonna make the connection. Yeah. Uh, the thing, say, if you want say say you've never liked Beast Wars, that's okay. Don't. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Also, <laughs> next line is Beast Wars, and what is what did so many of the loudest voices not want Beast Wars in the card? Yeah. Uh, I think if you didn't want to like make any kind of financial statement, what you do is you stop buying magic cards if you were buying magic cards. You're right. Uh, and and absolutely and, and also I don't begrudge anyone who still is buying magic cards. Although although I think magic looks awful right now <laughs> with the frigging walking dead medium yeah. card. Uh but like for instance, I think Jumpstart looks really cool, but my little protest is I decided I don't want to spend money on Jumpstart. Uh, it's 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 a good thing. I bought a box of it. Yeah, it looks like it's good, and I don't I, I don't I, think I Aaron it, for I, instance. I, I, I set it up to be a repeatable little jumpstart cube. Yeah, j- jumpstart looks fine. Just my my little protest was like, well, I'm not going to take my hypothetical wave six money and put it into jumpstart. I'm putting it into board games made by other companies because that's my little grumpy thing. Uh, also, I I just don't I like playing Magic. I really don't like Magic as a lifestyle game. Uh, I think it's it's in a terrible state as a lifestyle game. It, it's just like they put out good products, so it's a shame because there's good products coming out. But there's also just like this this unending thunderous sledgehammer of of in real life gotcha game nonsense, and I don't have the patience anymore. Uh, you know, there's three different types of booster packs now in standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, that's another reason why, why, you know what? Jumpstart is great because Jumpstart is, is, is separated from all of that garbage. It's just a fun game. You can, you can buy a box of and cube that box and then you're good. You have magic smash up. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that like decisions that would have made, obviously whenever I've seen conversations about this, everything people are talking about would have made for a, be- a better game with more good cards in it a hundred percent um and or cards that would you know have been informed retrospectively by better decisions made in in the siege waves which are the highlight of the whole game in my opinion uh but i don't think any of that would have saved the game uh because i think the game was on a tightrope regardless i think the game was already doing better than expected uh i don't think the energon invitational was planned to happen during wave one i think that's the thing that came together off of the game's inadvertent, not inadvertent, but you know, the game's popularity that was not part of the script. 
I think the yes. game was popular beyond expectation. I think the game started as a kid-friendly game designed by very good game designers who put in the bricks to play a very good-thinking adult game. Uh, and right. I think with the Siege Waves, the game mutated itself into a higher life form. Uh, mm -hmm. And the weaknesses of Wave 1 and 2 are all weaknesses that, to me, kind of tie into a game that was meant to be pick-up-and-playable by 10-year-olds. Um, you know, it'd be exciting yeah. to pick up and play. Yeah, for and, and that's some of the stuff that I remember from like the first time I talked with Jura Gen Con, you know, where like the reason why the stars are in chunks of five or there's not some number there is because that's a easy visual graphic thing and it's in five because kids count by fives because you have five fingers on each hand. Like there's stuff in the base level of the of the design that does point at like a younger audience. And like if it had I, I I don't think that it would have sustained better if it had kept that aim by any no. stretch of the imagination because it gassed out, I think. It, I, I think it would have gassed out just as soon or maybe even sooner. Um but I think that, that very well could have been where it got like an an initial kick and then like you know, somebody buys the the first starter, which wasn't that great, and then like four or five booster packs and then calls it a, a day. Yeah, I, and I think there, there is... And there are some places that never, like, picked up on Wave 1, and then everybody was like, well, crap, Wave 1 did great, and then kicked into Wave 2, which wasn't that great. I think the and popularity then, of like, Wave 1 was, like, its its actual popularity beyond Wave 2 was entirely because of the staple... Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the kind of staple function of a yeah. lot of Wave 1 battle cards... Uh, and a number of those staples, I feel, were all getting reprinted already beyond the ones that probably were, if, if the game ever made it to rotation, which I do not think in the best case scenario it was ever going to make it to, a lot of those Power Wave 1 cards were hell of going to be on the chopping block for rotation. I'm, I'm convinced uh, they would have been replaced with double pip cards that would have had tweaked function to weaken them a lot more to be starless double pip cards, or perhaps even we would have negated uh, those double pip cards and added stars to their replacements, leaving only handheld blaster and uh, and shield. Uh, what was it? Improvised shield. Uh, as it's been so long, I almost forgot improvised shield there. Uh, and, and, you know, this is just, this is just my viewpoint. I've also mentioned many times that, I'm looking at this from a perspective of someone who really recently got back into tabletop in 2018 through till now uh, in a sort of upward slope of paying attention to stuff. And and so my perspective is newer, but I also personally feel like my perspective is also from perhaps a different angle than p folks who have been playing TCG stuff and, and CCG and etc. for like five, ten years straight. Uh, and And, you know... It's also a Transformers game, so there's, like, a, the whole other little side aspect. I think that really also informs the weirdness of Wave 1 and 2, because it's, like, like and it, it's been said, I think, in podcasts and interviews. Like, the Wave 1 starter, for instance, every retail box product had to have this weird double function of being an attractive, glitzy thing for the kid at Toys R Us, but also an interesting thing for the player, 
mm-hmm. and in some cases the player base that was manifesting a little bit unexpectedly. Uh, like I, I believe that the actual intended life of this game was going to be two, maybe three waves of cards uh, with glitzy boxes, and then that would have been that, and it would have gone down as a footnote of, they did a pretty okay TCG. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Siege waves, I think, are massively uh, deviated from the original roadmap um, in in a good way, in the best way, uh, in a way that has caused a player base to strive to keep the game alive and in an evolving state. Uh, so good decisions were made, uh, and I don't think that better decisions before those decisions would have really changed this roadmap that we've ended up on uh, a whole lot. Um, so you know. That that's kind of a that's kind of a bummer. The whole topic. Uh, <laughs> I should also mention, Aaron. You can confirm this. I'm not really sure, but uh, in case people are wondering, we have reached out to Drew Nolosco, and we've heard nothing. And I did not expect to hear anything, given yeah. the nature of what the company is. Yeah, I'd I'd reached out a couple times to just say like, hey, if you'd like to talk and give a post mortem, you know, we'd love to hear it. But mm-hmm. yeah, knowing knowing the way that any of that is, and that he's probably now off busy on some other project, and just can't. Like that's probably probably going to be it until maybe much later down the line. Also, um, like, like in case anyone wants to get mad, don't get mad about this thing. Like, mm-hmm. ask yourself this: How does it behoove Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast to do an interview about a game that is dead? It doesn't. Yeah. So, between that and and uh, you know anyone working there, PulseCon just happened. You everyone, there is so much video you can watch that shows that everyone working at Hasbro who gets near a camera or microphone is quite media trained uh, and and not only uses specific language, but avoids very specific tones. There is no way that talking about the end of the, the Transformers TCG fits into any kind of um, approved communication. Yeah. Uh, just in case anyone out there from WotC is listening, it, like, like we, at least, I don't know about, I'm not gonna speak for everyone. Me and Aaron get it. You know, like we, <laughs> we, we get it. We're not mad. We yeah, miss you. We want to have that postmortem, but we get yeah. why. Um, and if, if you want to listen, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the code, right? Cause I'm going to post this on the Facebook group. Um, here's the code. We, we know what you mean. If you quietly drop a like on the Facebook post. How's that? Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. And they might not be they might not be allowed to even do that. You know, <laughs> uh, I'd seen on a, on one of the discords that like folks who had had you know uh, private message conversations with other folks working on the game had reached out after the fact and had heard you know just sort of how do you put like you know they heard sort of canned responses or not canned not canned as in like a robot was responding but like you know if you messaged um, like Matt Smith. And said, hey, well, so how you doing? He's not going to go like, awful! I, they killed my bait! Like, they're not going to say that. Because yeah. someone's going to screen cap it at some point. Not you, person listening. But hypothetically, someone could screen cap that, put it out there, and then they're out of job. So, yeah. it, that there is a reason why. And it's it, this is also probably, to me, the biggest tragedy of all of this. This Part of the backbone of this whole game was the incredible communication between its its um, design team and we, the players. And part of why that was incredible is because it was under friggin' Watsy and Hasbro. And yes, Magic has stuff, you know, other game companies have stuff that interact with players. But to me, this set felt like something really special. And, like, 
I've seen multiple folks, like some of the really um, like folks at Vector Sigma Info who have long histories playing tabletop games, pointing out that this was something really special. And I think that the biggest loss of all of this is that that whole organic interaction uh, suddenly vanished. It didn't close a door. It didn't burn a bridge. It literally vanished as though it had never been there. Uh, and I think that a lot of the folks on the Hasbro design team, sorry, the Watsy design team for this game, probably feel the same way as far as that really sucking. Uh, I, I was actually still holding out that by PulseCon, we would have a goodbye letter from the team. It felt like something that fit the tone of the design team. And I thought, like, maybe we would, it wouldn't say much, but I felt like we would get a little personal, uh, catch you later and maybe this is what redacted was uh mm-hmm. I, I didn't think we were going to get like wave six as a print and play although the precedent for that does exist now as of star wars destiny doing print and play after they announced the game was over so there is a, a there is an industry precedent now to to create print and play stuff for players but fantasy flight games is also you know this this might sound weird to tabletop oriented folks i feel like fantasy flight games is a much shorter tower compared to the Hasbro tower uh, as far as what it's able to do for players. And Fantasy Flight's already like a very established company name. Uh, so this is my long-winded way of saying that like to me the, the, the actual true loss uh, that really hurts is losing our connection to that uh, design team. And even if they're working on other games and are at conventions and talking to folks... On record, I doubt they will ever be able to say much other than it was a good game to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and please don't hound them. And I don't need to say this. I'm just saying it to the wall. But like, please, someone who might be thinking of doing this, don't hound. Don't go to a convention they're at with a microphone in their face, hounding them for comments. Don't make this like a friggin' um, Watergate, you know, investigation. Uh, I don't think that's fair to the design team because this wasn't their call either. Uh, that's my little spiel I wanted to say. Um, Aaron, this game was really fun. We had good times with this. We did. Uh, remember that TFCon when we were like, I wonder if anyone will show up in the room. Uh, and then I played Nemesis Prime. No, you played Nemesis. Was it you playing Nemesis Prime? One of us had Nemesis Prime. I just remember there was like a, a game with Nemesis Prime and there was a game with Cosmos. I I didn't get a Nemesis Prime until much later. Well, which which TFCon? Because I'm also thinking like the one where it was that kind of released one. and and then like that little tiny room that was about tiny a quarter room, the size that it should room, have been. Only wave one. Yeah, that would have been you because I didn't have any SRTs until like at the show. Okay. Uh, oh, no, wait, wait, no, I didn't have Nemesis Prime. I got him after the show, too. I, I had Shockwave. That's what it was. I was running a Shockwave deck with yeah. Battlefield Legend. Uh, just that, yeah, that I just remember that was really cool because it's like other people showed up to play the game and we actually had a fun little tabletop session at mm-hmm. TFCon for, and we we played Magic at TFCons and whatnot, and that that's fine. I still like, you know, I like the popper format a lot. Bring in like an, an archive full of popper decks to the other, that prior TFCon was also fun, but this was really specifically fun, like busting out Transformers cards and like 
playing Shockwave against your Cosmos, Shockwave mm-hmm. messing with your hand and you wanting to build your hand up. And mm-hmm. we're like, there's or- there's something happening with this game. There's gameplay happening. Uh and then you get to do that fun, like, kind of kind of dinky intro to the game panel at TFCon yeah. LA. That was also a lot of fun. Where the person uh, thought we were, like, part of the team. Yeah. After, after we said in the beginning that we weren't. Yeah, and then I was, like, wanting to just say we are, and then <laughs> you were yeah. too honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then also, yeah, that was also where they had, like, the, the that, that, what is it, that, that guy who, who was a magic store runner and he like came out and was like running events and mm-hmm. i also want to say i still think transformers tcg at tf cons is still on it is on in perpetuity i will always have decks with me um i've gotten real good at print and play so i'm gonna have player made cards with me ready to go as well i will play you some tf tcg at any transformers convention i am at dear listeners aaron as well all of you it's on i'm gonna kick all your asses because until I have actually played with Wave 5, I'm just going to assume that Wave 5 will make me into a top-level player. I want to build my hubris up so big that you all show up to kick me back down, because then we're going to play some friggin' card games, too, and that's that's my true motive. Um, but yeah, uh, th- and this game also, like, locally, we, we, we still have a local scene. We haven't seen each other for half a year, but we still have a local scene. And we are going to freaking play our Wave 5 cards in person once, at least. Mark our words. Someday. Uh, 2022. Someday. <laughs> I've, I've also I've cracked some boxes. I have a want list still. I still want to collect the game. I'm hoping I'm hoping that uh, that we'll hit a low at some point so I can snap up a few things that I'm missing. Uh, it seems like Wave Five was not as underproduced for Canada as I thought. It still is kind of hard to come by around here, but uh, it has popped up. It has been restocked since the death of the game, at least at one or two stores. So I'm less scared. Um, but yeah, those are some of, those are some of my fun memories. Um, I I, I I could also go into the Energy Invitational before I do. Aaron, you got any other fun memories? I mean, like, you got that whole saga of, like, trying to get your frigging game stores to stop the game yeah. and then let you buy the game. <laughs> yeah. They they thankfully later came around, and I do regret, like, not buying more out of Wave 5 after the fact. But as soon as it was, like, said and done, I had the, the guy that runs it sent me a couple messages like, hey... So I see it's been canceled. It's like, yeah, it's kind of rough, but, you know, what are you going to do? And he's like, oh, would you want to buy what we have? I was like, okay, what stock do you have? And it was like uh, Wave 1 starter. uh, I think it was like the Devastator box set. All of the stuff that they'd opened to try and figure out what the heck the game was out of, like, (laughs) Wave 2. And all of their promos. Offer them 30 bucks and see what they say. Yeah, I I might go back again. Just to see, like, hey, I know nobody's bought it. Like, like, what do we got? What do we want to do here? But if there's the- promos, it's worth a little haggle because, like, I've, I've told you before, like, all yeah. your chaff oh, I, you I, don't want, I will take off your hands when we someday may meet again. Well, I, I know, but it was it was one of those things that was like the first number that they threw out there was like on the idea that the like bulk common and uncommon character card they're like twice as big as the other cards um, oh, that, that they had yeah. some value to them. And it was like, no, they don't. don't. (laughs) It's like TCG players still 
still has uh, uh, prices on those. Also, and, uh, there's a website called TCG Player with prices on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that before. No, you know, I was about to say I've heard and seen that before, except now that I think about it another second, it's you. It's every time you've mentioned that store. That's where I've heard it before. This yeah. idea that, like, the big cards must be more expensive because they're one to a pack and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh... That's so silly. I mean, I will say also, if you can get, like, dirt cheap Devastator sets, it's really fun to rip off Joe from Wreck and Roll and, like, glue together a Devastator combined mode on a big piece of card back. Um, it looks very neat. Uh, it's fun to whip out. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it does. If you get some extra dirt cheap Metroplexes, you can try, like, cutting them up and folding them like I did. Who's going to stop you? Yeah. The game's dead. There's no more game yeah. police. You can do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> you can actually do your, your fold test to failure. Well, now I, I, I can't now because now I might not be able to replace my folding cards. <laughs> uh, I still have that Mirage, by the way, the test Mirage. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a piece I'm going to hang on to for a very long time. I have fond memories of that card. Um. I also want to throw out there, the Energon Invitational and PAX Unplugged was a magical experience. The incredibly gallows humor silver lining of all of this is the next time I can go to a PAX Unplugged, I'm a little excited to actually be able to enjoy PAX Unplugged. <laughs> um, because going there to participate in a multi-day um, card game tournament, even if I'm only there for day one, was still a 13-hour affair. Yeah. Uh, and... and uh, that's the the people that go and grind to get into MTG like invitational stuff. Seeing seeing what people have done for that in the past. <sighs> it was fun for this game because this this game in MTG. I'm going to broad strokes this uneducatedly, but also nobody correct me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> In MTG, you always have to be thinking about the blue players playing all their timing, you know, interrupt cards. TFTCG mm -hmm. doesn't have any of that, so it's... I think Transformers was a more feasible game to 13-hour grind, because at least it's a linear game. Like, you, yeah. you can take your time to think through your moves still to a certain point. You can't just yeah, sit there, But still, but... The, the hours are just a thing, regardless. I mean, I've, I've done the, the, the 24, 25-hour things. Oh, you, yeah. just, you just lose... The ability to, to, to think, to do. That's why you got to be a mastermind like me and decide to use the Octone deck where you don't have to think too much. Even even then, like at some point, your your brain juices run out, and oh, no, and, no. and and and, and you've good. got you've got fifteen minutes from now until when the next round starts, and you have to. Go get food, use the bathroom, and eat that food because you don't want to be eating a corn dog over top of your cards. Take take it from listen, take it from me, the thirty seventh best TFTCG player in the entire world, ranked. Uh, there's just cheat codes. You know, there's cheat codes. Those other 36 players were also, you know, just a little bit, probably they did a little bit more physical training, etc. But listen, I'm the 37th best player, and now no one can ever take that away from me. Because there will never be another Energon Invitational. Uh, you sound way too happy that there'll never be another Energon Invitational. It's because no one can ever take my rank. <laughs> my rank is set in stone. 
We thought we thought it was uh, we thought it was a malleable metal plaque. It turns out it was meteorite stone. Because they can never alter that rank. And obviously, I should mention, there's a lot of rank tournaments that are being run that are put on by players and a player base that is treating those rankings as the new standard. And in fact, my ranting is um, mine <laughs> and no one will back me up. But I just I don't get a chance to yell like this all that often, you know. Um, but yeah, that, that tournament was a good time. And those were fun people to hang out with. And I want to see... Yo, I know some of you are listening to this, you friggin' Energon Invitational <laughs> athletes. I want to see some of you in person again, too. Because when we're at PAX Unplugged, there might not be an official Energon Invitational. But I'm going to friggin' take you to the underground Energon... Inv- we're going to go to the dark Energon Invitational. Money games in the lobby? Friggin' money games in the lobby with my friggin'... I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to run OPBL with, like, 14 fan stratagems, and what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Say, say, that, say gonna... that those aren't legal cards, because we're only playing authentic, lots printed things. Oh, you degenerate I'm sorry. You. Are you going to call the police? This is a money game, and I got four gangsters holding you down in that chair. Now play your friggin' cards, nerd. This is also a great way to sell people on hanging out with me at uh, PAX Unplugged. Yeah, probably um, not, actually. What, what do you killjoy killjoy Aaron um, anything else that we want to talk about with the official Transformers trading card game no um, anything we want to talk about about the Transformers trading card game I mean yes. you, you have a list of stuff you sent me I assume I do that, have a list I sent yeah that, I mean, that some of that's <laughs> what you're wanting to talk about I'm trying to, I'm trying to put on a nice little magic trying to have the doves fly out of my sleeve for yeah. the audience they're all like woo sparkles and friggin' they, they've been they've been hearing the cooing and seeing the white stuff fall off the back of your coat the whole time though oh uh, that's not don't worry that's mine oh. um you need to I see a doctor really, then look I get really excited <laughs> talking about my goons that are going to hold people in chairs for me at Pax Unplugged. We're going to play freaking games and it's going to make me really really excited to talk about the Transformers Rank Card game. So, we have now for the most part it'll come up here and there, but but this is this is kind of the end of chapter 1 of the Transformers Rank Card game. It's the end of chapter 1 of WTFTF uh, TCG. WTFW never had chapters. That was that's the true spoiler. <laughs> Uh, but chapter two has begun. Players are making their own stuff, uh, and and uh, the first thing that I'll, I'll lay out because this is this seems to be the first question, right? The first question is always okay. So there's a player set. No, there's a couple player sets. Oh well, how's anyone going to organize it? I've seen this come up so many times, and and I know this is not the consensus mindset. This is my mindset. It doesn't matter that they're not organized because they're all player made. So if you're playing this game still, there's two ways you're playing it. You're playing it with your friends, where you all just agree on what folks can use, or you're playing it at an online or in, or eventually in-person tournament, where a, a tournament organizer worth the remotest sprinkling of salt will tell you what is legal for that tournament. So, like, I know it's a little confusing, and trust me, it is confusing trying to get all these links put together, and I'm going to credit someone hugely in a few seconds as being a huge help with this, uh, and they don't know yet that I'm crediting them. Um, but don't worry about it, because I've seen, like, worry about, like, what if there's a million different sets? Then it's like, then there's a million different sets. So, like, 
Just play whatever you want. That's the kind of beauty of a game that's in this state now where people want to actively make stuff. Look at the feedback. Some of this stuff is heavily playtested. The only thing that's important is that you and your friends are playing the card game in a way you want to. Uh, when we here in Toronto play, like I'm gonna I'm gonna print off all of the Alpha Tron protocol stratagems because that's also a really easy thing to implement into games. By that point, I'll have printed off the Arcs Wave One because it'll probably have been released by then, and I think that there's a couple stratagems in there. I saw one for Trypticon, so like. I'll have those cards ready to go. When I sit down to play, I'm like, hey, do you mind if I use these stratagems? Given our player base here, it's probably going to be fine. And then if it turns out it's kind of annoying, if someone says, hey, could you run it without that stratagem? I'm going to say sure, because I'm not a good friend and friendly local player if I say no! I want to play with this, and if you don't like it, go sit over there. Because the player base is frigging like five people now. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen this be such a heated conversation point for very valid reasons. But personally, I feel like it's a really obvious scenario. You in your with your friends, you decide what you want to play, and if it's a tournament, they will tell you what the tournament organizer is okay using. You know, and down the road, one thing we're going to talk about, Equitus have mentioned that in the not now, but farther future, if the request is there to figure out how to balance, for example, Alpha Trion protocols with ARC cards, they'll try to figure it out. It probably won't be balancing the entire sets together. It would probably be selections. That whole thing would be figured out by this Equitus player rules committee. So, like, in the far-flung future, it is kind of freaky trying to figure out how they're going to do it, but, like, that's also the far-flung future. I truly don't think this is going to be a huge problem unless we worry too much about it. And, mm. and so, I don't know. This has been my... I haven't said this anywhere on, like, any of the Facebook threads because I don't think it would add that much, but this is my frigging soapbox, so I'm going to finally <laughs> unload all of this that's been building up in my head for the last few months. This is where a month and some after the recording, I'm going to cut in because it took me that long to get these edits going. But the upside is I can state a few things. Number one, I'm cutting out a little chunk here where we kind of went on and on about collation of fan sets and etc. Because a lot of that's still sorting itself out. And I listened through this part and uh, I repeated myself about 50 times. And a lot of this stuff... I think has been solved or is being solved for the most part as far as people disseminating what they're working on. The other thing is we're going to talk about some fan sets. And when we recorded this, there were some fan sets that I and Aaron were not aware of. We were like fringe aware of Wave X and we do talk about it, but I had no idea about uh, Eddie's reformatted stuff or the whole Bayformers set. So reformatted and Bayformers are not like mentioned in this at all, unless I had some kind of moment of future sight. So uh, I, I also want to quickly lay out anything we did miss covering, and I think I might have stated it in the recording. None of that's meant to be uh, a subtweet, a clout poll, or anything like that. Uh, really, this this recording was done when I had just like had a look at ATP one and some Arc stuff. And, and then I'd seen some Wave X stuff on YouTube, and that was kind of the crux of what I'm talking about for the most part, along with just looking in the larger Facebook group. So I'm going to swing us back in here where I, I believe I'm coming off of yelling about the collation thing. Uh, so when I say maybe they don't care about it, it's really maybe one fan card project who made like a handful of Beast Wars characters or something just wanted to make a Facebook post because they'd made those characters primarily for themselves and their friends and were just sharing a fun creative project. Here we go. 
And, and if you don't care, like you're just making like a couple cards for yourself, that, that's that's also completely cool. Like if someone just made some Beast Wars cards and like that was primarily like, I just want to make some Beast Wars cards. Me and my friends are playing it. Here's the images. Like that could be as far as they want to put it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fine. That's true. Like, like, it's all there and printable. And if you're really, really deep in the game and you've got, like, folks to play with, like, just download all of it. You know, organize a file structure on your own computer if, if you can't find one when you get them. And just try it all out. Like, that's the thing I'm kind of hype about once we can all meet up in person again over here in Toronto is, like, just printing off a bunch of weird stuff off of uh, these, like, you know, not just this Facebook group, but various other Facebook groups and other player groups that are doing things. Like, just give it all a try. Like, someone in this uh, custom card group, the, some of the newest images in here, someone made friggin' Sideways from Armada. And, like, there's four, there's, there's a character card, and, like, I think this is two either two stratagems or two head two head modes. Uh, I'm not sure. I have the, oh no, it's two strated. I think it's, no, it's two head modes. Yeah, it's two head modes. Uh, that's all, that's kind of kooky. And like, I'm, that's the thing I'd like to mess with. Like just something weird like that. Or, you know, there's a, there's a wave X, uh, battle card. That's like, put this on a character, then look at what faction they are. There's like three different effects depending on the faction. Like conceptually that stuff is kooky and I'm into that. Uh, so, you know. I want to preface everything that we say with with all of that stuff because, like I said, Aaron, that has been building up in my head for a while. Do you feel better? I feel a little bit better. I feel like I'm going to get yelled at for saying half no, of that. No, that pustule has vented. Uh, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a few new pustules when people friggin' they're more like bullet pustules. Am I right? When I get humbled for what I dare to say, they can't stop the signal. I've I was doing a bootleg stream of PulseCon, and I'm still in character for that. Uh, PulseCon's a whole other thing. I was I was bootlegging it for the Europeans. I I was it was the criminal stream. Anyway, uh, Aaron, let's talk about some of this stuff. So. Uh, it was more than a couple seconds, but I really want to give a huge shout out to Zero Liddell's Teletran1.net. Uh, this is a database site. Uh, that has various functions beyond being a database site. This is also attempting to collate the most organized and play-tested community-made sets. So, for example, they've currently implemented Alpha Trion Protocols, Wave 1, and the ARC uh, Unicron Raid, and what is known of the ARC's Wave 1. And, and, you know, he, he lays out on here, like what community cards will Teletron 1 list? And it's like, new cards will be added, but only cards that have been thoroughly playtested and polished will be added, which I think is completely valid, especially for what I believe is, like, more or less a one-man project. Like, uh, and, and at a certain point, it's like, you know, yeah, prove prove that you care enough about your cards to want them to be seen as, like, this is legit, this is something that can hang with the official waves. I think that's valid to have as a um, for this kind of site, I think that's a valid uh, rest- restriction. The right word, I don't know. That's a valid thing to ask for, you know. Yeah, I, um, I, I think, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, and also Zero says if you feel your cars meet the criteria, you should be on here. Then by all means, content. I've I've met Zero. Like Zero's cool. Zero's not going to friggin' go like your stuff doesn't appear to be up to par. Unless Zero pulled a real character act on me, uh, maybe I was I misread things. <laughs> But, like, Zero does not strike me as someone who's going to friggin' poo-poo your cards in in a way to make you feel bad, you know? Um, So, uh, 
this is all supposed to lead toward, uh, towards like talking about the cards, but I want to also highlight there's a really cool function on Teletran1.net, which is a sealed pack generator. Uh, I think that a big thing for a game that has ended officially is to start stocking up on cards uh, to make cubes and stuff. Sealed pack generator is like a godsend to me as far as like if, say, a TFCon is coming someday when we can meet again. Uh, I could use that to build... Um, like a draft cube, you know, or a two pack turbo cube. If, if someone really wanted to do, I could basically build build booster packs uh, that we could use for various different limited functions without having to actually have sealed booster packs. I think that's a really cool function on this site, um, mm-hmm. amongst other things. Uh, but <clears throat> continuing to talk about other things that are not the actual player made cards, Equitus. Uh, Equitus is a player rules committee. That is uh, community voted and, and nominated as far as the, the folks who are in the committee. Uh, and they are taking over the rules roundups, basically, because we didn't get enough rules roundups for Wave 5, for instance. Equitus has done a rules roundup for September 14, which is very Wave 5 focused. Uh, on a lot of stuff, like I read through this and I'm like, yeah, these are, it sucks that we no longer have the official rules roundup. Um so like like and I, I believe that I believe that the Watsi roundups are in here too. Yeah, uh, they so they say they saved all the roundups. Yeah, they saved them because I saw the conversation. <sighs> it's like how long will those roundups be accessible? Yeah. Uh, so Equitus. Uh, as far as I know, is a, is a solid organization. Um, I've seen good names on there. I've seen names on there who are also in some of the player uh, or the community-driven projects, which I think will help a lot uh, when it comes to hypothetically working community projects together into uh, a tournament-ready format, um, if, if they wanted to do that. But yeah, there, there, are, there are folks who are willing to maintain a, a somewhat agreed-upon organic and continuing uh balancing of the rules um for players if players want to engage with that i'll once again for the last time i promise i'll say if you don't like how any of this sounds you don't have to use any of this it's all player made uh there's no more official organized play so you can play the game however you want you know um but Equitus, I think, is is a fantastic thing. Um, I, I really like that this actually happened. Uh, I like that they went with Equitus because I get the reference. Um, Aaron, it's from a comic book. I know. Equitus is a supercomputer. Yeah. From la- yeah. Last Stand yeah. on the Record is a, is a yeah. supercomputer. Yeah. It's, I, I, last Stand is the thing that I tell everybody to read. And so, yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Aaron, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to, now that I've laid out all the groundwork, let's talk about a couple of these community made projects. Let's talk about, uh, because it's like alphabetically the first one, uh, the Alpha Tron protocols. This is Vector Sigma info. Uh, they've created their own player committee to come up with, um, their own cards and they are, I really like what they're focusing on. The Alpha Tron protocols wave one, uh, is, is their big focus is coming up with new stratagems. Uh, I don't know. I might've misinterpreted this. My understanding is they would like to focus on making stratagems first before they get it anywhere near making characters or battle cards. Uh, and the stratagems they're making are specifically done with in the spirit of making more characters feel viable on the highest competitive level, which I also love. Uh, if and and this is the part where I'm not sure if this is still the case, but like, if the hypothetical goal of the Alpha Tron protocols is to make every single character in this game hypothetically playable to at least a certain degree, at least, and if we're gonna get into tiers, my dream would be everyone is at least tier two. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where there's like obviously going to be an upper tier, but like that there are no just trash characters anymore. I am so into this because this is what I wanted from stratagems the moment they were debuted. It is again one of the biggest losses of the death of the game officially is the loss of yeah. future stratagems. Yeah, so. stratagems are definitely definitely seem like a in-game usable character errata. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, Co- Cosmos a stratagem that made him actually a threat rather than, um, like, could plink little guys, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, like, for instance, one of the stratagems in here is for friggin' Wave 1 Jazz. Yeah. Thank God! You know? <laughs> uh, like, and, you know, I'll read it. Uh, when it's one star, gives Jazz plus one attack and plus two defense. When one of your characters defends and you have this Jazz on the field, any black pips flipped become white pips. And it, there you go. You fix the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and, and, you know, given the folks who are working on the Alpha Tron protocols, like, they are playtesting the living hell out of this stuff, as far as I know. And so, and they've also done a lot of designer commentaries on their decisions made. And, like, there's, there's running themes. A lot of it is bringing the numbers of Wave 1 character cards up to par with, you know, Waves 3 to 5. Because uh, that is the thing I mentioned before. The clear delineation. One of the things you can see at a glance is that the numbers, the attack, health, defense numbers on characters seem to have changed in in formula entirely between Wave 2 and Wave 3. Uh, so some of these stratagems are, are just to add health to characters. Like, Demolishers adds three health and an effect to him for two stars. Uh, and, and so like, I, I am excited to play around with these things. And I, if, if it's not in the cards for what they want to do, that's cool. But, like, boy, if y'all... Vector Sigma, if you guys are planning to stratagem just about everyone, uh, you you would you would have my attention. Let me tell you, <laughs> uh, I think it is a little out of the question to ask for stratagems on literally every character pre wave three plus Probably. the ones who might need it. But uh, the more the merrier, in my opinion. Um, it just makes me really happy to see any any old card get a second lease on life with with this kind of stuff. Um, so that that is that is that is one of those projects. Uh, Aaron, they got they got a thing here. Of, you can download, you know, the the various cards. Uh, Wheeljack stratagem is double sided, which yeah. also confused me for a sec. I was like, uh oh, they they double posted. I didn't read the so text. So is Bumblebees. <laughs> oh yeah, both, both of them have a, a stratagem that like begins on one side and has like a a one off effect that you can do and then you don't get the like the special benefit as the as the memory device of have I done thing or not Bumblebee yeah Bumblebees is not side by side in formatting in the columns like Wheeljack so I just didn't notice mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't I have I, I you know obviously at this point you can tell I haven't like gone deep into reading through all these yet uh because I've also the what this year has done is a lot of things. One of the things this year did was have me not keep up super well with the TCG after the launch of Wave Five. Um, so this is my first time reading through some of these things. I did read some of the designer commentaries more so for the intense rather than the like straight up meat of the cards, since it was going to be such a long time since I messed with these in person. Uh, but you know, there's one for friggin' Dark Mount, and I love Dark Mount. There's one for Megatron Living Weapon. Who needs it? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- this this is really up my alley. Uh, and this yeah, this one for Sludge. Uh, and and uh, yeah, um, 
that that that's one of the major major um community projects that's out there um aaron you got any other stuff you want to throw out about the atps no um uh, other than like you know again kind of what you've gone through as you know this is a I think like a good, like a, an idea of a balance set on things. Um, it is, it is a bummer that like, I know that there have to be bad characters so that you know what good is. I'm not saying on the, on the good versus evil spectrum. I'm saying on the very playable cards versus not very playable cards, yeah. but it's also kind of rough when, you know, for, for character cards, at least since, like you get one in a pack. It's that I think kind of changes where some of that should be aimed and and seeing like opportunities for some of these cards are like rares and super rares that they are updating, you know, the the things that should have been better out of the out of the gate a little or maybe not necessarily better but more competitive out of the gate can yeah. get that can get that knob turned a little bit. Yeah, and it, you know it's stuff like uh, like every every character choice here you can see right like demolisher a tank, um, mm-hmm. the 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 tanks you know in wave one were really cool but had almost no health because that was the design idea of the tanks at the time and it, it didn't right. it obviously didn't stand the test of time in in the one year yeah that we're talking it, they, about they were supposed to be high defense but low health and then shortly after that they came out with a way to put Pierce against an, anything and everything. <laughs> And it's like, oh, turns out, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, D- Demolisher and Dark Mount in here are like they are they are tanks with cool effects that need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully, you know, for instance, Demolisher was also a very low star card, so giving him a two star stratagem is not ridiculous. It just means he's like, what is it, eight stars now? Uh, that's fine. You know, that, that works. Yeah, it's been so long. I actually forgot it'd be six or seven stars. So my apologies. I, I can't remember. Um, but also like one for Metroplex. Metroplex mm-hmm. is an entire deck type who is from wave one. So he, you know, he still could hang a little bit in, in like casual play and, and he, he could, he could, you know, surprise you, but I'm glad there's a, tr- a stratagem for him. Um, especially because it's a no star stratagem. He, he was literally the case of like, like Metroplex was just this weird character who was always in this strange wave one point two point three void. Where he could mm-hmm. never have stars added to him, he could never have other double pip cards added to him. So you know, the idea of creating a, str- a stratagem for him, I think, is, is fascinating um, because it has to. And I think I saw this in some of the articles. Like, if there's no stars, then it has to be an effect that has a certain ceiling as far as what it's doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, Wheeljack from Wave One, Jetfire from Wave One, Jazz, holy crap, um, Super Rare Bumblebee, like getting a little boost so that he can hang as a Super Rare who would feel cool to play. Um, I really like the article I read about Inferno because it's like you know, Inferno in Wave One was you know he was kind of a powerhouse, and then he he kind of got nullified as the game went on. So this this brings him back to mm-hmm. to some usability. The Dinobot stuff, Megatron Living Weapon, just being like this was supposed to be the sibling card to Battlefield Legend. So, you know, uh, this one is just plus three health and weapons on him cannot be scrapped by your opponent's cards. So it's like, that's, that's cool. Cause that means he can hang to a degree. Now he gets mm-hmm. a health boost that he needs and he gets an effect that if I recall correctly, living weapon was all about putting weapons on him. Uh, cause he could, it was he could put weapons in his other slots. I believe I can't, quite I, can't I can't remember which Megatron it was that did that. Yeah. Me and Aaron haven't played this game in a long time. Yeah. 
We need to freaking get on Octagon. <laughs> uh, Octagon's not the only I should also mention. is Octagon, Tabletop Simulator, and Webcam Play are all viable things that me and Aaron have not been able to do. Uh, that I at least really want to do. Uh, I, yes. Aaron, Aaron so, to, so uh, just looked it up. Uh, when you flip to his alt mode, you can return a weapon from your scrap pile to your hand. On the bot mode, this can be upgraded with a weapon in his armor and or utility slots. I was right. So yeah, this this is a stratagem. This adds a star to him, but it means that those weapons are much harder to take away. So it, yeah, it enhances his function. Um, I, I like the ideas on these things. Uh, and I like that they're stratagems. Uh, fan stratagems make me happy. Uh, however, that's not the only fan group. There's also the Ark, who have got a couple things at. One of these things... Boy, howdy, is this up my alley. Um, so the Ark uh, is a group that is built on... It's it's not literally just these three groups, but it's these three groups, people from these three groups and other community members. But it includes folks from Blues on Attack, Wreck and Rule, and Powered by Primus. Um, Powered by Primus, uh, seems like their, their real big push was the Unicron Raid. I watched a stream of the Unicron Raid, uh, and I hung around in the chat, and I was maybe being a, a gremlin in the chat because I tend to do that if it's me in a chat and it's not my stream. But everyone was very friendly and patient with me. Uh, the Unicron Raid is friggin' fascinating. It's a three-stage raid where there is a Unicron player playing against two other players. Uh, and the Unicron player can, like, there's a, this, this is a whole print and play thing where there's, uh, a bunch of different character cards and a number of battle cards and I believe stratagems, uh, that you, you need to, to kind of collate together. But the Unicron deck, as I understand it, is customizable. Um, it's, uh, what is, oh yeah, here we go. There's a, oh, there's a, there's a, a deck list provided or the player can build a 32 card deck. Uh, mm-hmm. and then in phases, in phase two, nine cards are added in phase three, another nine cards are added for a total of 50 cards. Uh, it's really cool. Like phase one, you're taking on scourge and the sweeps and there's a couple of sweeps. Um, and, and through all of these, there's two phases of you fighting. First, you fight scourge and the sweeps. Then you fight Galvatron and Cyclonus. As that's happening, Unicron in planet mode is on the board, building up chaos counters. Uh, Unicron can be attacked in planet mode, but like Unicron is building up chaos counters. And if Unicron has 20 chaos counters in planet mode, Unicron wins full stop. Um, however, th- this is what I think was really cool. Unicron is building up chaos counters and you're trying to fight his heralds while trying to stall the growth of his chaos counters in phase three. When he transforms to robot mode, you can start spending the chaos counters to do a number of different effects. Uh, I just think that's really friggin' cool as a as a mechanic. Uh, it's very, I think it's very thematic. You're fighting against the first wave of heralds, the second wave of heralds. Unicron is building his power during this. You're trying to prevent him from building up too much power. And when his heralds are wiped out, Unicron transforms. And instead of using that power to try to just win the game, Unicron goes like, "All right, well now I'm going to use all that power to frigging murder you." Uh, is super cool. Uh, I, I am incredibly excited to play this. Um, Aaron, you haven't you haven't had to look at these before, so hopefully that explained a little bit of what's going on with these cards. Yeah. Uh, um, so they they've got uh, at least that raid up on Dropbox, and I have flipped through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does explain more uh, than I, I I had kind of gotten the gist out of it until I went and like read the PDF at the end. Um, 
I feel like Unicronian shouldn't be on there, isn't he? But whatever. Aaron, Aaron, uh, Aaron doesn't like the word Unicronian, uh, and I I don't care uh, yeah. about it either way. So I'm I'm not like gonna argue with him. Nor say Harold or Unicron. It works. It's better. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's not as it's not as mouth of marbles, but but again, like that's the 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 smallest nitpick, right? Um, that I, it's weird that how I Aaron have like there. just freaking tried to have their entire Dropbox deleted uh, for, for the word Unicronian. I can't believe uh, <laughs> DCMA is coming. Uh, <laughs> but no, I you don't and, even own Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Eric is like, listen, as the sole copyright holder of Unicron, uh, I want this taken down unless they change the word. <laughs> Um, if anyone from but, Powered by Primus is listening, this is a bit, by the way. Yeah, this is that's, a bit. That's, yeah, that's, uh, but no, it, it looks really interesting. This is something that I would love to get the chance to play at at a convention. Um, you know, especially because if you've got like, it's always the kind of awkward thing when like people are busting out cards and there's an odd number of people. Yeah, especially since the, there was never any sort of like multiplayer format that was put together. Other than I don't know, you can try. Yeah, <laughs> from from the from the actual official people. I don't know, you can try. You smartasses, like we in here. In Toronto, See how easy it is. I think I might have mentioned it before, but in Toronto we tried two v two, and we tried it just two v two, and you can attack anyone on the other team, and that doesn't work. Uh, so <laughs> multiplayer in this game needs some tweaks and i know some people have figured out um before the game's cancellation some tweaks already and i'm hoping that that's another thing that arises out of player made stuff is coming up I, with rule I, sets for multiplayer or, i could see know. like maybe an emperor format style of thing if you ever yeah. played mtgs and emperor in the emperor format the the problem was also we played 2v2 but each player got a turn and that prove to eventually be a little unbalanced if it basically meant eventually one team has too much momentum um, mm-hmm. And then eventually one player can't have turns anymore that are v- remotely worthwhile. Uh, and it, it, so there, there's ways to fix that, I think. But yeah, the, the, this allows you to have a 2v1. Also, like the Unicron player, Unicron is a tricky encounter. Uh, and, and this goes in multiple directions. There are some decks where if you just pull out a deck, like I'm going to play this as part as one half of the team against Unicron, you're going to get frigging obliterated. If you if you're not mm-hmm. if you if if you have the wrong deck against this, however, some folks who have been playing this in the Facebook group also said, if you really want a power game against Unicron, there is there are some linear strategies you can use to just dominate Unicron, and I believe the response I saw, which I agree with, is like true, but the spirit of the Unicron raid encounter is also to allow for just weirder decks to have a place to exist and a weirder playstyle to exist and yeah. And balancing Unicron to hang with top tier competitive decks, I th- I would assume would then make weirder decks just unable to even go near him, and that might violate the spirit of the whole project. Yeah, of, of the and, and again, it, it comes to the same thing that's been said uh, by you this whole time. Um, it's about finding a fun way for people to play with things. If mm. somebody's like, "Hey, I've got this Unicron thing. Let's have fun." Like trying stuff out, turning around, twirling your mustache, and coming out with this. I built this deck specifically to destroy this thing you want to have fun with. Is kind of a, I believe that's called a dick move. Yeah, like that is a. I think I might have said that even during the chat on that stream, but I can't. I truly can't remember anymore. But I, I feel like I've, I've said somewhere the 
the scenario of like if you're in a small play group, if there's three of you in the room, and one person is like, "I built this uh, so it obliterates Unicron deck." Then if it's three friends, you say to your friend after you play once and see that it's true, you're like, that's cool. Could you use a different deck now, please? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I've, I've seen that conversation about games before. It's like, well, I play to win. And it's like, well, yeah, that is the purpose of a, a competitive game. Yeah. But among friends at a certain point, if everyone else would really like you to play something else, then as their friends, it to me is not a big ask to play something else. If you've played yeah. something enough that they're asking you to play something yeah. else. And like anything, it comes down to it's a game. Um, I've also, heard plenty, yes. of, plenty of times people talking about stuff like um, EDH in, in Magic the Gathering. You know, people coming with top tier decks to just Friday Night Magic. And it's like, no, you you pulled out the deck that's obviously like a couple grand because you've got something net built with all the the high-end cards in it i've got some jank i put around around every it's it's goblins but every one of them's wearing a hat like like we're, we're playing two different games here that just happen to use the same system this is the power um, of those things yeah so yeah. It, it, i mean that's always going to be a discussion and if people keep being jerks don't play games with them yeah and with the unicron raid especially like like this, this is not for tournament play. It's a two v one, right? Mm-hmm. I I do think there could be a fun way to come up with a tournament that runs like this, kind of like uh, Android Netrunner, where every player has a player deck and a Unicron deck, and then your role is is like randomly determined each game, so that you have to you have to plan around being Unicron and around being one of the two players. Uh, and then I think if there are decks that can obliterate Unicron, you create a restricted or ban list based on that for the sake of not screwing over the Unicron player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could actually be really cool, but you know, that's a very far flung future kind of idea too. I think I, I also just love, I love the card design in this. Like I like the names a lot, like leashed will and, uh, oh, there's, there's one I really like, uh, yeah. Insignificance. <laughs> I think that card is friggin' cool. During the stream that I watched, one of these cards had a placeholder name, and I remember saying, please don't ever change the name. <laughs> but they clearly changed it because none of these seem to have placeholder names anymore. And I can't remember which card it was. It was I think it was an upgrade. And it, it, it was called, like, Upgrade Name. And I was like, oh no! Unicron's equipped Upgrade Name! Uh, and I really like that idea. <laughs> but I also have a certain sense of humor. Um... So yeah, the Unicron thing I think is super cool, uh, and and uh, it it took me until this morning to fully recall and actually commit to memory that it's part of the Ark Project because when I was collating links for Aaron, originally Unicron Project by powered by Primus was a separate thing from the Ark on my links list until I <laughs> thank again thanks to Zero Liddell and Teletran1.net I understand better now that it's part of the Ark Project, and then when I read that I remembered that I think it was Wes, I think it was Wes in the stream, literally said to me on the stream that it was in the ARC project. <laughs> uh, and then I forgot. But you know what? It's been a year, right? Um, that's it, has, they... it's, it has been a year. It has been a year. Uh, that's not all they have, though. The ARC <sighs> also has actual cards. Um, and uh, they have a Facebook group with stuff listed, but also on Teletran1.net, you can look up some listings, too. If I go to Stratagem Collection, I hover over Wave, and then I click on Arc 1, I can see the Trypticon Stratagem Scour the Area. 
Trypticon needs a stratagem. <laughs> so uh, I think I saw this on the Facebook group, too. I was hyped to see this. It's just your deck can have up to two extra stars of white pip cards once per game. Once per game, at the start of your turn, you can deploy a character from Trypticon. And it's it's like, yes, please. Like, it's a way to mitigate the bad luck if you just can't draw the freaking deployment cards, thus mm-hmm. deactivating your entire goddamn deck. We We had a whole thing here in Toronto where me and Eric tried so hard to make you or to make Trypticon work. We tried so hard. Uh, so the arc is doing stuff like they've also got character cards and battle cards happening. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go to the Facebook group, see if that's all easier to see. Cause I, I just joined that Facebook group cause I'm on the ball. Um, and, oh, and you know what? The arc, here you go. Perfect example. I went to their Facebook group. I went to the media tab. I went to albums and they have, an album for battle cards, an album for stratagems, and an album for characters. Excellent. Uh, and then Facebook is glitching out when I try to click on the albums. But that's Facebook's problem, not theirs. Um, anyway, uh, Aaron, I don't know on Teletran1.net if you click around a little bit and then filter for Arc 1 if you're seeing anything else in there. Um, the Trypticon stratagem was really my big thing I wanted to highlight. Uh, there seem to be three characters in here as well. One of them is Countdown. Um, Countdown seems to be happy to partner with Omega Supreme. That's very on topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a jazz. Cool. I, like I said, I haven't kept up with all this. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually new to all of these here, so I'm. I'm still waiting on one of them to get allowed in. Allowed in. Yeah, because they're private groups. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah. I I joined. I I put in the request to join like this morning. So I I hedged my bet yeah. that at some point someone would see that. Uh, but yeah, like like countdown. For instance, your starting star limits increased by two if Omega Supreme is on your starting team, and this has stealth while you have Omega Supreme on the battlefield. And this is countdown was packaged with Siege Omega Supreme. I like that thematic little tie. That's thematic. Hell yeah. Uh, and then they got they got a jazz. Jazz is out of sight. Dynamite lieutenant. That's excellent. <laughs> so, so, like the spirit behind these cards. Like I haven't I haven't read very deep into any of the text, nor have I got any real concept of how that would you know play with other cards. But mm-hmm. the spirit and theme is shining through a lot of this stuff, which I'm really digging. Uh, in part because, as far as I can take from the community, like a big push right now is trying to bring other cards into balance with with the what sounds like balance damage that was done by wave five uh which i have no hands-on experience with yet so i'm only i'm only parroting sentiments i've seen from large segments of the player community but um so that that's uh that's alpha Tron protocols that's the arc we've also talked about teletran one we've talked about equitus there's one other player project i've seen which is wave x uh, which is is based more so it seems out of the <clears throat> the the custom card Facebook page, uh, Wave X as this is this is me kind of digging around and I might just be missing stuff right. Wave X currently seems to only exist in spoilers on YouTube videos and and kind of peppered into the other Facebook groups. And I don't know if I'm like I've got to dig around and see if there's albums somewhere or anything. But like we're not going to go super deep on Wave X beyond like a couple characters just because it's all buried into YouTube videos <laughs> that we haven't looked at yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the newest one seems to be Nightbeat, uh, and Nightbeat's got you know Autobot Car 
Um, when you flip to car mode, you can name a battle card, then your opponent reveals their hand and scraps all cards with that name. That seems on topic with Nightbeat the Detective. Uh, when you flip to robot mode, you can scrap an upgrade from your hand to scrap a secret action your opponent has in play. I think that's a cool idea for an effect to kind of fight a secret action. And again, it, it's, it's in character with Nightbeat. Um, his, his character numbers are pretty low because he's also six stars and has these effects on him. Um, I don't really know formulas for what stars are worth as well as some of the other folks working on this stuff, but it doesn't seem like awful uh it seems low to me for the effects except that his numbers are also low he's got like nine health and yeah he doesn't have a lot of health or attack or defense like for like you know six six stars yeah that's a i mean that's that's almost the micromaster size so yeah but also like maybe that fits you know the 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 balanced tone of what wave x is which i don't know that well yeah um but again, like this is another project that that is player run that seems to be aiming to create a set of downloadable printable cards. Uh, and, and like Aaron, you spotted that they have like Rack and Ruin. Uh, yeah, there was another video where they have a uh, Rack and Ruin where um, they one side is Rack and the other side is Ruin. I like that idea. That's kind of yeah, cool. That's a neat idea. So that one is uh, twelve stars. The Rack side is six one with fifteen health. The ruin side is six two, uh, sharing that fifteen health. Rack is uh, the effects on this card change depending on how many times you flip this character this turn. <laughs> Zero bold one, one bold two, two bold three, three plus bold four. And then the ruin side is when you flip to this mode, do damage to an enemy equal to the number of wreckers you began the game with. That's I mean that, yeah again that's kind of cool as far as it, obviously rack and ruin are wreckers. That's that's encouraging you to build a wreckers deck thematically mm-hmm. that makes sense the the rack side that's a cool effect the only the only thing that that I'm, I'm looking at is specifically it's bought one mode and bought two mode that means they don't have an alt mode which means right. that you if you're going to do multiple flips it's got to be based on cards that specifically are going to let you flip to a bot mode yeah uh, which I am assuming would be a sort of a self-balancer on whatever they would be up to. Um, clearly they're aggro, right? You know, six attack and building bold. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, it's a cool, It's I think it's really cool in, in that it's also thinking a little bit outside the box because it's Rack and Ruin, and uh, Wreckers Rack and Ruin don't really have an alt mode. So this is a way to, to you know, solve that. Uh, they, they did not get the upgrade yet that they got when they appeared in Cyberverse, where they have a proper alt mode. I was going to uh, say, this one right here does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the physical rack and ruin that one can actually purchase as a toy has an alt mode, and I also think it's an okay alt mode myself. Um but yeah, they got, in that same video, for like I'll, I'll go grab that battle card since we alluded to it before, but... Uh, Energon Cubes is a utility that's orange-blue for one star, uh, and it's uh, once during your turn, you can scrap a card from your hand to move this to another one of your characters. When this is attached to a character, it gains an effect based on its faction. So Autobots repair two, Decepticons get plus two to end a turn, Mercenaries can do two damage to an enemy Autobot or enemy Decepticon. Uh, so, you know, another interesting idea. Like, it's a, it's a modular card based on whatever faction it goes on to. Uh, the only thing about this one that, you know, if, if if one were to get nitpicky is like the, the text formatting so far is a little bit crowded and it looked a lot scarier to me at first glance than the card actually is. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it, you know it is it has a lot of text for a reason right it's not it's, that's not a problem it's just right. at a glance i saw paragraph and then i saw three you know bullet points basically underneath and i was like oh no but you know it's it's not that complicated it's just what faction is the character this goes on to uh but the reason i brought that up was to segue into one other thing, which is Adam Edgmond has got a font pack up that is is basically designed to allow you to make your cards look more like official TCG cards by replicating the fonts therein. Uh, and I think that's also super friggin' cool to provide. Adam, Adam Edgmond is, is old school fandom, in my opinion, because I know him from many years ago um, at, at some of my first bot cons. Uh, and so I, you know, that font pack I think is is invaluable. I think it's uh, it's it's going to be a boon to anyone who's trying to put any of this stuff together. Um, and and please hit that up too if you are going to try to do you know your own little projects. Uh, and that's kind of where we're at with the game right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some we got some uh, heavily play tested player made stuff. We've got some more random player made stuff, and we have got everything in between. Uh, it might be a little bit overwhelming. But, you know, just if everyone's talking about someone's project, go download the project. All this stuff is just PDFs and image files. Just make a folder, right? Start collecting it up. Uh, I've, I've learned the ways of print and play. And one of the ways of print and play is just make folders for everything and stock up on it. And then just print off whatever you think looks cool. Uh, I am excited to see where this all goes. And I am so excited at the idea that the player community can keep this all going for a very long time. I think there will be some dr- I think there will be some drop off. And I don't mean that as like a doom saying thing. I just mean that as like realism, right? Like it's not feasible to me that like there's going to in perpetuity be, you know, between 3 to 12 notably and large uh player projects happening all the time. But as they continue happening and as the folks working on them get more and more experience working on them and establishing more and more of their own personal flavor and, and you know, if they really hit with groups of players who like using those cards, this could go on for quite a while because that's the story of several other dead games that are still going on to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the, Star, this, the old Star Wars card game, uh, Android Netrunner, um, Warhammer 40K's card game under FFG, whose name I can't quite remember because every Warhammer 40K name is, is just like Warhammer colon scary word, and I can't remember what the 40K card game was called. But that one has also got multiple player sets uh, or player made sets out there. So if you are someone who wants to get into this game, there has never been a better time because if you're in America, some of them cards have gotten dirt cheap. And also, if you have a printer, you can just print off cards because no one cares. Uh, well, okay, some people care, but a lot of them got to stop caring for crying out loud. Uh, it, 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 it's not the best time to get into the game in that the game is technically dead officially, but it's also the best time to get into the game because the barrier to entry has been removed. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm I'm happy to say WTF at TCG is not dead because we got plenty of, of new stuff to talk about for quite a while um aaron how are you feeling like, how obviously like there's a lot to take in as far as like what the game is now and 
very much it is you know with, without any kind of collation it can be pretty spooky but how are you feeling about like all of this stuff that's happening by the players so i'm i'm really glad to see it that the the people that are very excited about the game are are continuing it in some form or fashion um there's a a part of me that i know like is is not going to be a thing that will ever happen um I kind of, I kind of wish that, um, and you know, not being in all those Facebook groups yet, even though I've also put in applications on a couple since we started the podcast. Um, so that's like, about ninety minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thereabouts. Um, People are having dinner. Give they're, them a second. they're incredibly slow on a Monday <laughs> evening. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I'm waiting ninety minutes to get into Facebook. Uh, don't they know? <laughs> the, the guys on the Ark were fast. I don't know about these other jerk bags though. <laughs> um, no. Um, Again, it's a bit. I'm sorry. Wait, did the arc, uh, did the arc let down. you in already? The, the yeah. arc let you in already? I had yeah. to wait more than 90 minutes. I actually don't know how long <laughs> I had to wait. I, don't, I, um, I actually might have only waited 60. I can't remember yeah, anymore. It was this morning. <laughs> um, but I, the, the, the point I was going towards is, is just, again, for, like, you know, having everything kind of in one location. And, uh, and my watch just notified me that I was too loud. Thanks, watch. Um, uh that having it all in one location, um, or you know, trying to find, you know, if it's if it's one of the groups that's already kind of doing that to say like, hey, what what like format do we need to have? And then also, um, you know, having having the the font pack that makes it look closer. Um, there was one that I saw that I think was in the the just the generic Facebook group at one point in time. There were some of them that, that was like the purple was the wrong color. Now, granted, we've kind of had a couple, three different purple colors printed with the cards. So, so it's on top. That, that's that's a different error. But um, just like you know, like the reason why style and design guides get out there is because when something's not in the, in that guide, it really stands out. So, you know, just getting one place that gets them all together, making it all look good together. And, and, you know, for the people that want to play with that, making it a whole lot easier to say, okay, anything that's on this website is good because those guys have done a significant amount of playtesting. Um, you know, so, you know, that one's cool. But, you know, these other ones, sure, you can come and play with them, and that's fine. Those look like you just took your you know, four-year-old cousin's mad scribblings of a card and put it in a sleeve. How about not? To, to help kind of guide and um, curate. That was the word that I was going for, to kind of curate it a little bit better. What Aaron's saying is, if you're going to play against him with these cards, don't print them off, write them down, and just rip the paper up and stuff it in the sleeves, because that's going to mess with him as a player. That's part of the psychological warfare of the the competitive card game. Well, depending on if it's a battle card, then that could easily be considered a marked card. No, if it's you, if the, it's if it's a random piece of paper jammed into a sleeve, yeah, you're going to be able to tell. You're you're going to be able to tell when you're drawing a normal card and the random piece of paper jammed in a sleeve. Judge. Uh, well, mm. listen. Well, actually, let me first. First off, well, actually. Secondly, judge. Actually, 
if they've sleeved it properly for a proxy card in a in an opaque back sleeve, as long as it's not literally jutting out the top, it should not be detectable. You can you can tell that thickness difference. There are people that could tell the thickness difference between the foil uh, Energon Edition cards and the non-foil ones because they didn't do the magic foiling. They did whatever their surface foiling yeah, like was, the, and it made them thicker. The laminate foiling or whatever. Oh no! With, with print and play, the whole like there's there's ways you can keep your print and play cards to a similar thickness. And I know it's a dirty word. Double sleeving is a way to balance out thicknesses. Uh, and I'm not saying you double sleeve the proxies, but in place of an inner sleeve, you have the proxied card on a piece of paper slid over top of a real co- like this is also I, sh- I maybe didn't make this clear when i say you jam your handwritten uh proxy you're jamming that piece of paper over top of another battle card that is also then in the sleeve so then it's extra thick well no it's one it's one piece of paper plus a battle card then your real battle cards are double sleeved so they have an extra layer of sleeve around them in place of the extra layer of paper or or you just have a bunch of blank pieces of paper the same size as your proxies slid behind the battle cards because you're using opaque sleeves, so you wouldn't be able to tell. There's ways to do this. People have been doing this in Magic for years and years because people want to play Magic formats, and at a certain point, they just want to play them, so they just print off the cards that are $5,000. And it's just about maintaining your thicknesses through all your sleeves. Uh, is doable. Because I we have done it here in Toronto... Uh, while the game was live, when we wanted to test out decks and we couldn't afford, you know, triple copies of All Out Attack. So, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. It's doable. Um, I was also going to say, I, you, when you were talking about, about, about collation, and I was talking about kind of the overwhelming nature of all this, I realized while you were talking, something is missing that is making this a lot spookier, which is in-person play. It's a lot more daunting to try to take in all this information and store all of it yourself. When you are able to play with your local friends and player groups, once again, you just show up to play and then someone has interesting print and played cards, then you go and print them yourself and start messing with them too. You get introduced to some of these projects by your friends introducing them to you. There's an organic thing, I think, that can happen that currently is not on offer for a lot of the player base in in various different countries. Uh, that eventually, ideally, will become on offer again. So, for instance, I go to play with local Toronto folks. I bust out an Alphatron Protocol stratagem, or I bust out a, a character card from the Arc, like a deck built on Arc Wave 1 cards. And someone's like, oh, that was cool, I didn't know about this. And I show, I show them, like, yeah, it's this, this, and this, you can go download these cards from here. And then the next time we meet up, they're like, hey, I was messing with these other Arc cards, or hey, I found these Alphatron Protocol stratagems, uh, can I try playing a, an ATP stratagem against your arc deck? And I'll be like, 100%, let's see what happens when we bang the community sets together. The the organic nature of this stuff spreading out is going to blossom when we are able to actually all meet and play in person again. Uh, I, th- I think, anyway. Uh, and, and in that scenario, you don't got to worry too much about knowing about all of it because you'll discover it through your fellow players. So... Mm-hmm. There's a there is a bright future that does require the brighter future of being able to all hang out and play games together again. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. The, the last thing I'll say, uh, so that that is basically our podcast about the end of the TCG and the beginning of the TCG. Uh, WTF at TCG. Whenever we talk about Transformers TCG, be it you know 
memories of the game, you know, a dedicated podcast to that, or talking about player-made stuff, it's, it is, you know, the WTF and TCG that you always knew. But because I started posting this thing on YouTube immediately as of the beginning of it, I want to leave the window open to occasionally use this podcast specifically just on YouTube. I won't upload these to TFW because I don't think that's fair uh, to the hosting. Um, but I'm also going to have some WTF at tabletop cool games, uh, podcasts at some point if, if, uh, if I get my druthers and also get my garbage together, cause I would like to record some podcasts about other games too, that I think would be fun. Uh, so that, that's something I want to do with the, I, the name WTF at TCG. Uh, I don't know what, and I have no plans and I don't know whenever I'll do it, but I wanted to just say that here to, to, nudge open the door uh, to use this to talk about other tabletop stuff that I find fun. For instance, for instance, let's say hypothetically in the future, Aaron has played a whole bunch of Jumpstart, and I've played a bunch of Jumpstart as well with friends who have it or whatever. If we both played a bunch of Jumpstart and want to talk about it a bit, maybe we'll talk about Jumpstart, for instance. Uh, I pick up Robo Rally all of a sudden and get way into it. Maybe me and Aaron talk about Robo Rally, or I introduced some friends to the to the Garfield Games West Kingdom series, and then we played a bunch of it. Maybe we play through uh, the the campaign thing that's coming out later on, and then we sit down to record a podcast about that. That might happen too. Who knows? I uh, saw somebody succumbing to the Among Us like frenzy that's going on, trying to make a board game version. Are you serious? Yeah, that could be kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it cool. looked it looked like it's a little bit of like um um ba, 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 the um oh the the first of the um the resistance. Oh, uh, where yeah. where it, it's like as people are doing things, it's putting. It looked like it was you you'd put in cards face down, and you have tasks that you have to do and whatever to try and still have like something's going on um i'm still not quite sure how the i done goofed and murdered one person while there was somebody else in the room too aspects are is going on but Mm -hmm. i mean there are games i mean it wouldn't probably be like literally among us but like there are games about like for instance i think what was it nemesis is a game where you're like you're a bunch of people on a spaceship with xenomorph style aliens on it but also you all have secret agendas and some of them are literally go kill this other player. So it's like, there is a traitor amidst the crew like the That stuff exists. That could be, Oh, that'd be really cool. That'd be fun. Among us has been fun. We've been playing among us by the way. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's a bunch of really, I, I mean, this year I got way deeper into tabletop with a very solo oriented flavor, but you know, a lot of that stuff is translatable to multiplayer when someday we can do that. Or I just, you know, make the time, to hang out on, on tabletop simulator with folks. So, uh, Hey, you know what? Hey, if you got this far and you're one of the folks on my YouTube channel who hates it, when I talk about the TCG, number one, the TCG dying officially, we're still going to talk about the TCG. Ha. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to talk about other board games and tabletop games. Ha. And number three, if you hate all that and you listen to nearly two hours of a TCG podcast, then like you're an enigma. Aaron, thanks for joining me. I've wanted to record this for a while, and I'm actually glad that we ended up waiting this long because we had more to talk about than just the bummer topic. Yeah. 
thank you for listening wherever you are listening to this if you're on tfw then uh, you know where to look but if you're not on tfw uh these podcasts in audio form are on wtf.tfw2005.com um specifically when they're about transformers stuff uh, so check it out there if you want audio format, MP3s, etc. Um, if you have, if you're listening to the audio one and you want to run it off YouTube because that's easier and that's just a thing people do, uh, WTF at TCG is always on YouTube, so you can hit it up over there too uh, if you want to. Um, and we'll talk to you later. You know, take it easy as best you can, stay safe as best you can, and find some solace in stuff like a Transformers TCG or a tabletop game. It's, it's one thing that can be a real anchor uh, to a very hard year. So uh, I, I hope that if you if you are into this kind of podcast, that that's the kind of thing that's helped you out. Uh, anyway, I can drag this out even longer, but I won't. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Take it easy.